on the Air. I'm your host, Pam Stack. We're proud to be part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. As is my new custom, I am announcing new releases this week. I only got two this week. Usually I get about 20 from you all. So please remember to tell me when you have new books coming out so I can announce them. Cece Cordelia has a new book called The Dance Hall Wife, Brides of Little Creed, book two. And PJ Fiala, who just hit the USA Today bestsellers list, has her new book releasing today called Lincoln. My guest is someone who I greatly admire. Um, she's won in the past, the had starred reviews from Publishers Weekly and Li- Library Journal. She won the Agatha, the Anthony, the Lefty, and the Ippy for Best First Novel for her first book. Uh, it was nominated for the McCavity and the Barry Award for Best Paperback Original. Her latest book, Hollywood Ending, won the 2018 Anthony Award. I was there to see her receive the prize. I am honored and so thrilled and so excited to welcome Kelly Garrett to the show. Kelly, welcome to Authors on the Air. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, so, can I just make so one th- clarification? Um, actually, the Hollywood Homicide won the Anthony Award so um, for Best Hollywood Hollywood. So. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I, I got no, that okay. wrong. I apologize. You know, I'm, I was trying to go by, um, well, you won this yeah. year. You won this yes, year, too. But it, so it's so interesting because, um, it's so, no, it's so interesting because it's a 2018, but it's for 2017. And then, for 2017. so some of them are, okay. yeah, so, so it's for last year, so. Yeah. Well, congratulations on your success. I was looking at Thank your you. Amazon page. Your first yeah. book is a runaway bestseller. You've got hundreds of five-star reviews. Congratulations. You know, <laughs> Who does that anymore these days? <laughs> I t- it's so funny. Actually, I don't, I don't read my reviews, and I don't look at my Amazon page, so I'm glad to hear that because I'm so afraid to look at it. So, <laughs> Are you really? But, my God, everybody yes. loves this book. You know, um, I, I – First of all, I want to say I was in attendance when you won the the Anthony, and um, you gave a very impactful, very moving, and very empowering speech to authors who are outside what what we normally consider the mainstream. In other words, you know, a white guy or a white woman. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what made motivated you to do that and Maybe can you recount a little bit about your speech? And do you even remember it? <laughs> I do. I do remember it actually. At least there's some parts of it. Um, I don't remember the audience reaction though, but I do remember the speech. So um, I am a black woman who writes mystery novels, who writes you know lightweight, funny mystery novels, and my books are black women, and so. I'm someone who has loved mysteries since I was like 11 years old, like Joan Hesh and Jane Jeffrey, and I can remember like oh, first God. read Janet Ivanovich, you know. And so the one yes. thing I felt was always missing was that there was never black women as actually, besides being the best friend, you know, actually being the main character. Um, and so I wanted to see myself. I wanted to see my my mother. I wanted to see my best friends, you know, in, in the genre I loved. And I would just get so excited when I would read like an Eleanor Taylor Brand or a Barbara Neely or a Valerie Wilson Wesley and see someone who looked like me solving the murder. So, um, right. So that's something that's super important to me. 
you know, and I think actually I do think right now we're in a really good place where they are embracing diversity and mystery, you know. Um, they kind of did that in the 1990s, you know, when Walter Mosley came out and Barbara Neely. Um, and then we kind of, it was kind of like a trend, you know, and I think maybe Walter yes. might be the only the only author of of color or only black author from that time period who's still publishing, you know, which is really sad. So, um, so for me, that was kind of what my speech was talking about, which is that, so even though I'm so excited that we have, you know, probably more black writers or writers of color publishing being traditionally published now than in, you know, probably decades, I'm just afraid that it's going to be considered a trend again, you know? And so, um, So that's where that's where my my speech kind of came from, and so I was just kind of giving some numbers of you know there's according to something called Frankie's List, which you can find on right. the Sisters in Crime webpage. You know, there's only 81 black writers of all time who've been traditionally published with mystery novels. You know, there's been and these are the numbers from when I did my speech. There's been 18 Asian American, nine South Asian American, um, South Asian, South Asian British. 22 Latinx, 9 Native American, and 38 LGBTQ. So I think the numbers might, they might, we might have found some more people since my speech, but I still think it's probably less than 200 total history of time, you know. And so you think about how many books get published a year, how many mystery novels get published a year, and to imagine that of all time, less than 200 have been written by authors of color. That's kind of, you know, it's kind of scary. I I agree with you, but as to your comment that you don't remember the audience reaction, we were standing on our feet cheering for you. The the room went crazy. I'm sorry that you don't remember that, and I I wish someone had a video. But I do remember you had a big grin on your face, and I was thinking – what the hell are you gonna do with that big red statue? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I, you know what? I found doing? a place for it. <laughs> I found really? a place for it. Yes, it's so pretty. It looks like a, it looks like a vase basically. And so I kind of just put it um, on like in my dining room. I have kind of like a little dresser area. So I kind of put it there uh-huh. with right between my family photos. So, so when you first well, walk in, the first thing you see is my Anthony. <laughs> I love it I, because I know every year it's different and it depends on yes. where whoever the, the committee is that's doing the, yeah. the voucher con. But, but I was thinking, oh, my God, she's tidy, and that's a really big statue. You know, <laughs> you know luckily, um, luckily they, they mailed it to me because I, I live in New Jersey, and it was in Florida, and I was kind of like, how am I going to get this home without breaking exactly. it? Without breaking you know, and it, so, exactly. Uh, yeah, so um, – so when I won my lefty award, the lefty is actually really small. So I was able to kind of, I literally wrapped it up in like probably a million pounds of like, you know, bubble tape and put it in my, um, I put it in my bag into the, I actually got stopped by security when I was leaving um, Reno because they were like, what is this? Why is this wrapped up? What are you hiding? And I'm like, it's my lefty award. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and of course they're saying, what the hell is a lefty award, right? I know, right? <laughs> so, um, so I had to like unwrap it to prove that it wasn't anything illegal. So, you know, um, I w- when I was reading about you, um, mm-hmm. there are so many things that I bet you people don't know about you. Um, first of all, I want to say kudos to you for being an alumnus of Florida a- A&M University. Um, I live in Florida, obviously. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know, Florida A&M University has the best marching band yes, of the marching any- 100 college in the country yes yes Go we um we and look yes. at florida and m marching band 
Yeah. Oh our band gosh. is it's called the Marching 100, and I, we're famous. Yep. We've like our band has performed with Prince on the um, at the Super Bowl. Yep. Like we're just, I'm bragging Everywhere. a bit, but we have the best. We have the best band. People from other schools think they have the best band, but no, the Rattlers no, have no, the best no. band. No, no, no. You have to sleep Florida A&M band. It is amazing. And having grown up in Miami and gone to University of Miami football games and, yeah. you know, Dolphin games and everything else, you if you don't know who Florida A&M is, it means you're not really a, a Miami native. That's all there is to it. So <laughs> congratulations on that. Um, I don't know if people know that you worked in Hollywood, that you were um, a writer for CBS uh, Cold Case. I used to yes. love that show when I had a television. I don't anymore. Not, oh, not, you don't? Not I, no, not because I'm a snob about it. I've just never been a, a, a television girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand that. I think I told you I read about 400 books a year, and I really mm-hmm. don't have time for television. So, um, But I remember that show very well. How did you get there? Can we hear the backstory? Sure. It's it's I think writing for television is similar to uh writing books in that you have to have an agent. You know, it's just not something where you can send your resume, you know, to a uh-huh. show or just like to a publisher. So what happens is they have which they have a writing sample that you do and that's kind of like your resume where you you can either do a they call it spec so you can either do a spec pilot where you create your own TV show or you can do right. um a spec episode of a show that's on the air and so we write this spec episode and then if an agent likes it they will take you on as a client um and then unlike you know with books where they try to sell the book they actually try to sell you so they'll send your they call it staffing season. So they'll send your your uh, your writing sample to different TV, TV shows, and if the showrunner, who's the person in charge of the show, likes it, they'll call you and interview you, and then they'll put you on staff. So I had been part of a program at NBC, got my agent through that, and then um, we ended up getting staffed on Cold Case. So And we got staffed the year they had the writer strike. So I was actually like oh, wow. spent half my career like uh, on strike. Literally holding signs outside. Yes, outside of Warner Brothers. Um, Your MFA is in screenwriting, though. It is from USC. Yeah, it's not actually a creative write. It's similar, obviously. It is my understanding that when you are a screenwriter, it really hones your skills for book writing. Do you agree with that? I definitely agree. I think there are some pluses and minuses. So for me, I think I think my books are have are are plot heavy, you know, um and I think that's right. from my TV background of, you know, focusing on the plot. Um my scenes they move really quickly too just because yeah. with TV you have, you know, you don't have all day so you have to get to that heart of the scene and get out of it. And then, um, right. but uh, the negative is that I don't have a lot of description in my books because with screenwriting, you don't waste your space describing a scene because people are going to see it. Um, so like, and I don't actually read descriptions in books. I kind of skim, don't tell anybody um, anyway. So, so there's certain <laughs> bad know. and good with that. So, um, right. so like my mom was so funny because she doesn't like uh, description either. And so she's like reading my book, like, Oh, it was perfect because I didn't have to skim any description. I'm like, yes, that's right. (laughs) So, well, because isn't it true that the, the, um, what is it? The arts department or something on a show, whatever they're called, um, the, the scenery people, they create Mm -hmm. all that background stuff. 
you really are writing dialogue and movement through a television show. Yeah. Uh, so, and I'm the, I feel kind of the same way you do. If it's too flowery or too long a narrative about the background stuff, unless mm-hmm. the background is kind of like a third character, I'm really mm-hmm. not interested in that. I want dialogue and I want movement. I want forward motion all the time. Yeah, I so just want to get to like the good stuff. No offense yeah. to people who love who description. Well, so. but you know, it, it's different depending upon the book. I think that's probably why I I'm like really dumb when it comes to literary fiction. I'm yeah. definitely a genre fiction girl because the in literary you have all of this, you know background emotion mm-hmm. and you have the scenes and all that ties yeah. in. I, I want I want forward motion and I want it fast. You know, give me the thrill right away. Yeah. So tell me how you made the leap from screenwriting to novel writing. Well, um when I turned thirty I kind of realized that as much as I loved Hollywood and writing for TV, it's not a stable job, and so I needed to get a stable job. So I ended up moving from L.A. back home to New Jersey, and I'd always Excuse wanted me, to write a novel. let me just interrupt. Wait a minute. You went from a screenwriter on a, on a CBS show to a novelist, and you thought that was going to be steady? <laughs> no. I, no. No. See, oh, I didn't okay. finish the story. Okay. okay. Um, so basically, I was like, I need to do a career change. So I moved back to New Jersey and I ended up transitioning into communications. So my day job is I work for um, a large media company and I am, I work in communications. So I have a steady day job that I love. And since I had that, I was like, you know what, now that I have this, I always wanted to write a book. And since I was five years old, so now is the time because um, with screenwriting, it's, it's the focus is on writing the screenplay. You don't, you don't have a lot of time to write books, you know. Um, right, right. So with the, my job now, I'm lucky in that I work hard, you know, from nine to five, and then when I go home, I, you know, can I have the time and the brain energy to to write my novels. So. Well, I have to tell you that I I had to go. I went onto Kindle and I bought the first book, and okay. then of course your publicist sent me the second book and by the way (laughs) I have to say thank you for that book your publicist sent me a VIP lanyard with your (laughs) book on a laminated card and I thought you know next time I go to a conference I'm wearing VIP and I'm putting Kelly's (laughs) card there along with my media pass Um, (laughs) tell me what's different from writing screenplays to writing the book, plus now you have this full-time day job that you actually love. Yes. Um, screen Well, TV writing is a very collaborative process. You know, it's um, like 10 people in a conference room where we all discuss right. what happens in, in the episode. So it's it's literally collaborative. Novel writing, as you know, or I'm sure you heard, it's literally you sitting in a room by yourself, banging your head against the wall, trying to figure <laughs> out what's going on, you know, so it's, it's more of a solitary endeavor, you know, so um, I think that's a big difference, you know, obviously TV is a visual medium, so 
people can, you know, you can kind of cheat the words as because people can yeah. literally see it. You know, whereas you right. have to, you do have to set the scene a little bit. Well, you, obviously not a lot of description for me, but still setting that scene, you yes. know, with those details so people can follow it, you know, in their head and create their movie in their head reading your book. So it's interesting to me that you're saying that because television is a visual medium as is film. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For me, when I am reading a book, I do have that movie in my head. Yeah. Which begs the question, when you're writing and being dialogue aware, do mm-hmm. you read your dialogue and, and your narrative out loud at all? You know what I do? I just was going to give someone this advice. I don't read it. I read it out loud when I'm editing it just to kind of right. see if that's how people talk. Because I think, unfortunately, people, especially as a new writer, you don't, you don't really realize how dialogue is supposed to sound. You know, and I always say it's supposed to sound like how we talk, but better. Um, You know, you don't need the like, hi, how are you? I'm good. You don't need that inconsequential stuff, but you do need to kind of have the important stuff without uh, sounding like I'm telling you important information now, you know, or even in just also, especially with it's the, the whole subtext element of really letting people know what you're saying without you actually saying, you know, I'm making, you know, this joke is about this. Like, you know, they have to get that reference. So, right. So Kelly, um, you have multiple characters in your books. Um, how do you distinguish one character from the next? If someone is reading, well, I'm reading your so here's one of the things because I read so much um, and mm-hmm. I read across genre. Uh, mm-hmm. There will be books that I'll pick up and the maybe a female character speaks exactly like the male character or vice mm-hmm. versa. Mm-hmm. What is it? How do you know how you are giving a distinct voice to each character? It it can definitely be tricky. Um, so I for me, I just have certain characters say certain phrases. Um, I have a character named Aubrey, who is kind right. of my main character's uh, right partner and partner in crime solving. And he does he talks very formally and he doesn't use contractions. Um, I thought that was a great idea when I first came up with it, but it's so hard to write it. Um, and yeah. then I have another character who she is spends a lot of time online. Like she basically is online 24-7. So she kind of does a lot of acronyms. Like she might say, you know, instead of saying shaking my head, she'll say SMH. Or instead right, of saying right. let me know, she'll say LMK. So, you know, so I try to have those little bits to kind of let you know. Um, my main character, Dana, she's a bit more, yeah, she's like, she kind of makes a lot more jokes. I have another character named Sienna who is kind of, she's not very self-aware, but she's very, not conceited, but she's very, you know, she's a little self-centered. So, like, everything she kind of talks about is really centered on herself and very much, like, kind of a little ridiculous, if you will. So. And it relates to her. How how the world yes. relates to her. Yes. Exactly. Yes. But she's fun to write, so. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, what have you learned about yourself from when you started screenwriting to where you are right now, novel writing and an award-winning novel writer? I learned that I can follow a dream. You know, I've had this dream since I was five years old, and you know, I think you you have a lot of people who are like, if you like, they all everyone I see seems to want to write a book. You know, and 
wanting to write a book and actually writing a book are two different things. The process of writing right. a book is can be very painful. It can be very hard. To get it published can be very hard. You know, and there's so many days you just want to give up or put your head in, you know, just under the covers. And so I'm just proud that I actually, I feel like five-year-old me would be so proud that I actually did it, you know. And anything else, the awards, people liking the book, that's, you know, icing on the cake with just the fact I finished that book. I'm just so proud of myself because even now I'm on book three and it's so hard to finish it. <laughs> so, Are you nervous that, I, I don't know, I always wonder, you know, like I've talked to Lee Child a bunch of times. I've, I've, I've met mm-hmm. him back in 2013 and I always say to him, are you still enjoying? And he said, yes. And I said, are you concerned about what readers think? And he said, yes. Mm-hmm. And so, does it make you nervous wondering if you have like a bar set for yourself that you have to like reach and go beyond? Oh yeah. I mean, I, it's ha- I'm so happy that everyone loved the first book and it was nominated for all these awards and won all these awards, but that, that sets the bar super high for the next book and expectations, you know, and I, everyone says writing the second book is the hardest thing ever, you know, because you're no longer in that bubble of if I get published, if I get an agent, you know, like you're writing right. a book and you know, this book sucks right now, but guess what? In a year is going to be a book and it's going to be in people's hands, which can be very intimidating and scary, you know, so. Well, um, let's, let's give a shout out to Terry Bischoff, though, who is one yes, fantastic amazing. editor. I mean, she's Hi, amazing. Hi, Terry. Hi, Terry. <laughs> she is amazing. And, um, yeah. and, and. I have to say that I admire her greatly, and, well, yes. I admire you, too, as you well know. What's next for you? Uh, the third book, so the third book in the series will be out sometime next year, So, um, and then you know, hopefully we'll have more day. I would like to, you know, branch off and do something a bit more serious, because the books I write, Dana's books are really fun and silly, and, you know, the older right. I get... Like I'll be 40 this year, and so I kind of I do want to you know write something a bit more serious. So um, I hopefully can I can do I can do both. So would you consider your books cozy mysteries or just lighthearted? If you had to, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, give a subgenre to your books, what would you say they were? Um, I I thought they were cozy, but I think I don't think they're cozy. Twenty eighteen cozy. I, I think right. They're cozy from the books that I read when I was younger. I think that it fits those. But you know, there's certain tropes that are in cozies in twenty eighteen. So I kind of yes. say I'm I write either lightweight amateur detective novels, or even though now it's not even amateur detective, but lightweight you know fun. I say funny lightweight novels, or I'll say traditional mystery. So, but if you I call my book a cozy, I don't get offended. Well, I, I think your books are tons of fun. That's what I will say. Yeah. I um, I love reading them. They're lighthearted enough to, you know, there's plenty of places where you can laugh, and then there's still the suspense at the end of every chapter, which I love. Oh, thank um, you. Would you please tell everyone where listeners can find you on the webs? Sure. Um, I have a website, kellygarrett.com, and that's K E L L Y E G A. R R E T T dot com, and then um, I'm on Twitter as at Kelly Kell, which is K E L L Y E K E L L, and I'm on Facebook. I think it's Kelly Garrett author. So if you follow me there, you can find me. I tend to tweet a lot of book stuff. So if you like want to know about a lot of other mysteries and just other debut authors, you'll you, it's good to follow me there. So 
So I haven't done this for a while. Are you game to play final five, five quick questions what? and five quick answers? Sure. What's the topics? Nothing crazy, right? Well, I don't know. I just, I'm <laughs> okay, gonna I guess we'll find out. out the Let's air. Do it. I don't know. I'm going to pluck them it. out of the air, okay? okay so um, favorite kind of music to listen to? Um, R&B. Okay. Do you read any books more than once? And if so, which ones? I have read Sue Grafton's Kenzie Milholm books more than once. In particular, oh, B is for Burglar. Oh, I think the twist that being for burglar is amazing. I'm so bad. I'm so depressed that we won't get to Z. I, know, I have I, know. Um, I have an actual old-fashioned galley for her last book, and I will never, ever get rid of that. Um, oh, that's amazing. Bucket list. Bucket list. Number one. Oh, my goodness. Um, that's a great question. I think I would like to write full-time as a novelist. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong mm-hmm. with that. Um, cats, dogs, or none of the above? Oh, my goodness. Um, everyone who loves cozies, close your ears. But I'm actually allergic to cats. I like small dogs. Um, but I'm not a big animal person, which is horrible to say. But I oh like neither. <laughs> You Isn't can't horrible. stay with me then. I have five cats. You can't stay with me. Do you? Business. I would be so <laughs> sick. Actually, I like cats, but I'm allergic to them, so. Oh. So my final question to you is, in your writer's toolbox, okay, all writers have a toolbox, and it's a virtual toolbox, obviously. What is the most important thing that you pull out every day from your writer's toolbox that you need, you absolutely need to write? Hmm. It's so funny. It's definitely. I don't like music. Um, okay. I need to be quiet. So it's like okay. it's almost. You know what it is? Um, I'll, and I was talking to my coworker because I just lost it. I have. I I like to do a lot of free thought in journals, and so I, I think that. I definitely need my journal so I can just kind of scribble my ideas down. And I just told my coworker I literally lost my journal. I was in Las Vegas for work, and I think I left my journal for book three there. So I'm kind of scared. Oh no! Well, I want yeah. to tell you that um, David Morrell, who founded, you know, was a co-founder of International Thriller Writers and mm-hmm. the creator of Rambo, says that. Um, daydreaming and just kind of journaling and doing all those things is the best thing he ever did because it connects the adult with the child. And from there, all imagination springs forward. So you're definitely in good company. I agree with that. (laughs) Kelly Garrett, Anthony and multiple award-winning author. Thank you so much for being with me. Will you come back again when the next book comes out? Of course. If you want to have me, I will definitely be back, Pam. You know I want you back. Hello. I'm going to wait for you to win the next award. You guys, everyone just heard it. She said I can come back. She can't take it back. Always. You are always welcome. As a matter of fact, I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw down the gauntlet right now. Come back and be a guest host and pick whoever you want to interview and I'll set it up. How's that? All right. That'd be great. Okay. It won't be, you know, you know, I'm on deadline, but as soon as I'm off I deadline, I know. We'll do so it. we're gonna we'll, we'll talk about it in January when you're off deadline yes, and the book that's is perfect. released. Okay. Yeah, okay Anthony oh, Award winner Kelly Garrett and Hollywood ending. Thank you so much for being with me, Kelly. Thank you for having me.
Oh, you're the best. Thank you, and have a good night, All right. sweet. All right. Bye, hey, and bye, happy Pam. birthday. Right, Thank bye. you. It's it's bye. bye. And that's my show for now. Thanks for being with me, and thank you, Mom and Dad. Bye. Mm-hmm.